It's time for the Hokie Hour on the Tim Donnelly Show on the WRAD Talk Network. Now from the Makadoo Studio, here's Tim Donnelly. Welcome back into the Tim Donnelly Show. So, Lobro, we've, we've established that you're young and you don't get many of my references. Does, does it matter to you at all that Eminem released an album last night? Surprise? Um, It's pretty cool. I think his last album was a surprise as well, wasn't it? Well, yeah, it's kind of like the new thing to just drop them. But but I'm saying, do you get the the magnitude of Eminem dropping an album? Yeah, without a doubt. Okay, good. All right. Eminem's big. For people of, of my age group, M is like, he's 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 a big deal. So when he, when he yeah, does like, something, it's... Like, I'm no rap aficionado, but I like, but he is definitely like a name you recognize. Yeah. It's like you don't have to be a rock, you don't have to be a rock fan to understand certain rock bands. Like, you know, yeah, like what, Kiss or something drops an album. It's like, oh, that's a pretty big deal. You, when they go on another reunion tour, it's like, uh, <laughs> or another uh, retirement tour, it's like, all right, maybe we should make that a big deal. Um, there, there are just certain things, and all right, I'm glad. I, I enjoy some. So, M&M, so you didn't cool. get, you didn't get. I love Lucy. You didn't pick up on another reference I made earlier today. I forget which one. I have no but, idea. But you at least recognize the magnitude of M- Eminem. Uh, it is Hokie Hour, but first I want to make sure you're caught up on everything in the sports world, including some Hokie news. Uh, for that, here's Got You Covered. No one has time to catch all the games. Don't worry. Tim will get you covered. And the news of the day is the same as the news of yesterday. Coach Fuente staying in Blacksburg. Entertain the thought of Baylor, at least. That's what we know. There were conversations, but he decided that uh, Virginia Tech is best for him. Now, we don't know the details. We don't know if his decision that Virginia Tech is best for him is because Baylor never offered him any other options or if Baylor offered him other options that weren't up to his snuff or if they offered him everything in his wildest dreams and he still believed that Virginia Tech was the place for him. Now, we don't know that, but what we do know is that it looks like it's going to be back to business as usual for the Hokies and the Hokie football program as unfulfilling as that is. We will not get to hear from Coach Fuente, at least at the prior, at the, the current time, we did hear from Whit Babcock, the athletic director. He answered, question, answered questions in a way that you would expect, mitigating the, the surprise, mitigating the concern, and simply saying that Coach Fuente wanted to get back to work. One little tidbit of information that Whit Babcock did slip into his press conference is that Coach Fuente has had other opportunities to make bigger money that he has turned down in the past and that his loyalty isn't as widely recognized as maybe it should be. Here's what I have to say to that. What we don't know, you have to tell us. If you want us to think he's loyal, you have to tell us why he's loyal. If you want us to think he's somehow virtuous for staying at Virginia Tech, you have to explain why it's virtuous for him to stay at Virginia Tech. Fans are not mind readers. If they don't know, you have to tell them. If they're not talking about what you want them to be talking about, you have to tell them. The other big news of the weekend... There's some uh, NFL football games this weekend. couple of conference championships. Titans at Chiefs, Packers at 49ers will start in the AFC. Titans at Chiefs. Here's my question. It's real simple. Who is more under the spotlight? The Titans secondary that is going to have to step in and try to stop Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and McCole Hardman and Robinson and all of the other pass catchers that the Chiefs have 
or the Chiefs front seven on defense that has to get into a phone booth with Derrick Henry and all of the muscles on top of muscles on top of muscles that he has, and they're going to try to stop him. Who's under more scrutiny? Who's more under the spotlight? The Titans secondary or the Chiefs front seven? Whichever one of those two groups shows up and plays the best this weekend, that team will likely be the team that makes it out of the playoffs and into the Super Bowl. Packers at 49ers on the other side in the NFC. Here's the question for that one. Would you rather have inexperienced playoff players like the 49ers? Remember, they've been to the playoffs in a while, weren't very good last year, and then went 13-3 and this year. Or would you rather have a coach who is severely inexperienced like the Packers have in Matt LaFleur in his first uh, season as a head coach in the NFL? Those are the two options. Either you have players that haven't been to the playoffs Or you have a coach that hasn't been to the playoffs. Which would you rather have? I think it could very well come down to which of those two groups is able to uh, find a way to play like a little bit more of a veteran. Also taking place this weekend, and this is the very first time we've mentioned it this entire week, this entire month, this entire year. Conor McGregor is stepping back into the UFC ring. I have one question. Why is there a double standard in sports in in everything else, every football, basketball, baseball, soccer, track, Olympian, every, every single other athlete we hold to a certain standard, we don't do it for fighters. The double standard is simple. Fighters, we don't care about concussions. Football players have an independent neurologist looking at every play for concussions. Fighters uh, can fight with two open uh, sexual assault allegations like Conor McGregor has right now in Ireland. Fighters can use their legal transgressions and marketing material. Two of Conor McGregor's uh, arrests, one for punching an old man, one for throwing a dolly at a bus, were used in a preview show by the UFC to promote his fight. Why are we okay with that with fighters but not with other athletes? We need to look at ourselves. And lastly, Hokie fans, get ready for a big basketball game uh, tomorrow. That's Saturday. Hokies take on Syracuse. You may remember that the Hokies beat Syracuse recently up in upstate New York. They traveled all the way up there to the land of the cold and came back with a win largely because of a tremendous second half that they played. I would worry them on this. Don't depend on the tremendous second half. Start better if you can. Play Jalen Cohn. Play Landers Nolly. Let them shoot Syracuse out of that 2-3 zone. You have shooters. Let them shoot because that's what shooters are going to do. That is Gotcha Covered here on the Tim Donnelly Show. So hopefully you are now covered. Uh, it's time to talk Fuente. And I've been looking forward to this all, all, all day yesterday getting a chance to address it because yesterday he put out the tweet that, that alleviated all of the, the suspense, right? He put out the tweet, uh, a picture of uh, him and his coaching staff in the coach's meeting room, and it said, let's go 2020 or 2020, let's go. I forget the order. Either way, it was a, a very, very brief, very casual, very, very short text that, that said he's not going anywhere. Didn't say that, but that's what it said. That's what it implied. The thing that I have that is that is the pebble in my shoe, right? It's not the biggest thing in the world, and I don't want to pretend that it is. But the thing that's a pebble in my shoe that is just annoying me about the situation is how it seems like he thinks it's just business as usual, right? Like he's just going to walk into the office and no one's going to uh, you know, have that on their mind. Like there's not an elephant in the room. 
You, you understand what I'm saying? Like, he interviewed for another job, and everyone in the office knew it. Every one of the fans knew it. And then he walked back in and, and you know, hey, let's put out a tweet and, and get everyone jacked up. It's like, wait, wait, we're just going to we're just gonna move on? We're, we're, it's not business as usual right away. There was news. It was a whole thing. It was a whole news cycle. We rode the whole roller coaster. Someone's got to tell us why we're getting off the roller coaster. It was news for many reasons. Right? It, it, to his credit, did bring to life some of the financial deficits that this program deals with. I don't know if that was his intent, but it was definitely something that was brought up, including right here on this show. You go back and listen to the Roth Report on Wednesday. Bill Roth did an excellent job of, of bringing to light some of the concerns that Virginia Tech fans should have about their program and keeping coaches. Why is Baylor a better job? Money, 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 facilities, 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 facilities. Right? So so that was part of the news. Obviously, his loyalty to the program was questioned by many. That was part of the news. The potential for replacing him was part of the news. How would it affect recruiting was part of the news. How will it affect recruiting moving forward was part of the news. All of these questions that were raised by this don't go away. Some negative, some positive. And Coach Fuente didn't stand up and address it. Someone had to address the elephant in the room. And it wasn't even just an elephant. There was like an elephant, a gorilla. There was a giraffe over there. Right right in the middle of the room, there was a chimpanzee. Kangaroo. There, there, there was a lot of things in the room that, that just everyone was pretending weren't there. And it makes you look foolish. Walking in and just being like, good morning, good morning, how's it going? 2020, let's go. Without saying like, oh, for the last 24 hours I've been entertaining another job, it's like almost insulting. Like, oh, you guys didn't notice, right? You guys, you guys weren't paying attention. We're on break. It's like, no, everyone noticed. This isn't a perfect example. It's not a perfect metaphor. But have you ever uh, – actually, we didn't have a company Christmas party this year. Um Company Christmas parties are hilarious, right? Especially if, and I've only been to a couple where this happened, where there's uh, the the company's picking up the bar tab. We technically had a little Christmas party. Oh yeah, you're right. We did. We had a lunch. I I, I should actually. That's very true. We had a uh, an awesome lunch. We did the the Secret Santa and all that. <laughs> it was a good um, time. I showed up late, so maybe that's <laughs> maybe that's why I, I forget about it. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> almost forgot about it because yeah, I mean, that's on me. But yeah, what well, actually was a, a nice nice lunch. Um, but I've been I've been to like fancier events right for certain before I got into the radio business where the company was picking up the check, and uh, let's just say that people took advantage of that and some people partook in that a little too much and and said some things did some things you know alcohol involved at the party then the next day they walked into the the office or the next Monday they walked into the office and tried to pretend like nothing happened and everyone was like you're just not going to address the the. The dancing, the the comments you made to so-and-so, you're just not going to address it? It's like if everyone knows something, there's no reason to hide. Credit to Whit Babcock, he did address the media. And credit to Whit Babcock, he actually did a good job of, of defending Justin Fuente and saying, listen, he's had opportunities to make more money. He has chosen to stay. His loyalty isn't as widely known as it, as it could be. And he's back now and he's ready to roll. Never left. 
So I respect Whit Babcock for coming out and, and, and doing the dirty work for the program. And maybe that's his role as an athletic director, but I just would, would have rather heard something from the horse's mouth. And I tweeted this out yesterday. Do you know what would have been my, my favorite way he could have dealt with it? There's a fantastic speech in The Wolf of Wall Street where Leonardo DiCaprio tells his company he's not going anywhere, even though the feds are investigating him for all kinds of fraud. And he's screaming, I'm not bleeping leaving. This is my home. The show must go on. I would have loved if instead of a picture of an overcrowded team meeting room, that was very obviously a subtweet to Virginia Tech like, hey, this is the facilities we're dealing with. We can't fit 21 coaches in, in a room and have everyone have a seat at the table. Uh, we need better facilities. Very much a subtweet. Instead of sending that picture, I would have loved if he just tweeted out that scene. If he just put out the Leonardo DiCaprio dropping F-bomb after F-bomb. Would have been hilarious. You know what? Let's take this another step when we come back. Uh, I'm asking for an explanation from Justin Fuente. Does he owe that to me? Does he owe that to fans? Is there an obligation? That's the question we'll answer right after this. He's going to fight for your right to play ball. More of the Tim Donnelly Show is coming your way next on WRAD. Welcome back. Tim Donnelly Show. Talk of the New River Valley. We're talking Coach Fuente. And, and, you know, he didn't address it, right? Coach Fuente, 2020, let's go. That's what he said. He let Whit Babcock talk to the media. And I've heard a significant amount of, he doesn't owe us anything. He doesn't owe fans anything. He doesn't owe an explanation. He took an interview. He doesn't owe anything. He's not obligated. Here's the thing. He's not obligated. He's not contractually required. There's no mandate that makes him have to be be on the up and up out front with us uh, as a fan base. But it's smart. It's smart to open up. It's smart to answer questions. It's smart to throw water on the fire. And there's one reason why it's smart. And it's the same reason that makes the world go round. And it's the same thing that drives everyone to go to work each day. And it's the same thing that songs have been written about. And it's the same thing that it always comes back to. Money, 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 money. It's ironic that most people believe part of this this dance that he did with Baylor was to highlight the fact that Virginia Tech needs more money and better facilities, but then at the same time, they're saying he's not obligated to talk to the fans when the money that, uh, at least part of it, a portion of it, would come from fans and alumni donations. You can't have it both ways. You can't say he's not obligated to give the fans anything, but he's obligated to get better facilities and better money for his staff and better salaries for his support staff. Those go hand in hand. You make the fans feel valued. You make them feel like a part of it. You include them in, in, in some of your thought process, even after the fact. And, and then you can ask them to help support the things that you need. But I'll tell you right now, do you know what, what upsets me the most? Um, and anyone that's a college graduate probably has this happen. I get a call every couple months uh, from a 302 number, which is a Delaware where I went to, to school phone number. And I go, Delaware, maybe it's someone I know. I fall for it every single time, right? Maybe it's an old coach. Maybe it's a friend. 
pick up the phone, and it's some undergrad saying, hello, is this Timothy Donnelly? And as soon as they say Timothy, I'm like, yeah. Would you be interested in making a donation back to your alma mater to help fund the And do you know why I get upset? The only time they talk to me is when they want money. They ne- it's not how's life after Delaware. They never call me up and say, is there anything our alumni network can do for you? They never call me up and say, listen, you played football here. We'd like to bring you back. They never call me for anything other than we want your money. You got that cash? If they talk to me often, I'd be way more likely to open up my checkbook. Now think of that from a fan's perspective. If the coach won't have a press conference after he goes in and, and entertains an offer from Baylor or entertains a conversation with Baylor, whatever you want to call it, if he's not even talking to the fans then, how are, how are the fans going to feel when a couple months from now they're like, drive for 25, we need some money? It's like, wait a second, you only, okay, you'll talk to me now? At a booster event, you'll come talk to me, but you won't get, keep me updated on what's going on in the program? If you talk to me then, maybe I'd talk to you with my wallet now. You can't have it both ways. You can't say the fans aren't obligated or entitled to anything and then be like, the, the, the program is obligated and entitled to the, your cash. Right? There's no contractual obligation. There's no reason why he has to address you can't put him in cuffs and put him up on the podium and say, speak. How would that go over? But it's smart. It's it's good business. I think transparency is good. There's no there's such thing as too tran- being too transparent, I think. But I think with an issue like this, like it would definitely you don't, help. You, you don't have to tell us everything. You don't have to, yeah. you don't have to tell us the conversation that took place between you and Baylor, but but you you do have to uh you do have to occasionally let people know. That, that, you know, you're thinking of them. Show them that they matter. Because your dollars matter. Let's take a break when we come back. Time for Hashtag Hokies. Next. This is the Tim Donnelly Show on a Friday morning. Congratulations, everybody. You've, you've gone through the hardest part of your Friday, which means it's practically over. Weekend is here. As I sing most <laughs> most Fridays, everybody's working for the weekend. Woo! Hashtag Hokies. Right here, right now. Hashtag Hokies is real simple. Uh, we go deep into the underbelly of the internet. We call it Twitter, where everyone can hide behind a username and a picture. Find the tweets that are talking about things that start conversations that we want to have. We drag them out of that darkness. We bring it into the light, and we talk about them right here on the Tim Donnelly Show. Sounds great. First one is off the beaten path, I'll tell you that much. Hmm. Something that we don't traditionally talk about very often on this show. Is it cornhole? No. I would talk about cornhole on this show, though. I, I'm accepting all challenges, by the way. I'm a very good cornhole player. You and yours against me and mine's, and we'll see who wins. You just got to provide the beer. Um, <laughs> the tweet comes from at Kira Moyer. And I believe I pronounced that correctly. Kira Moyer. Uh, she tweeted out, Go Hokies, in response to Beyonce's Ivy Park collection color scheme. All right. 
Now, this is, again, it's fashion, so I don't talk about it often. I guess Beyonce partnered with Adidas to make a fashion collection that she calls Ivy Park. And the color scheme she chose to use in Ivy Park is darn near exactly Chicago maroon and orange. Oh, hey. And it is here, – here, here's, here's where I'm going with it, right? You remember uh, probably like 10 years ago now, the NFL started putting out everything in pink. It was either breast cancer awareness or they had every, – every team had a pink jersey that fit ladies – they had pink headbands, pink jewelry. They had like uh, pink purses with the NFL logos on it. It was all pink, mm-hmm. right? And and it looked like there was a lot of breast cancer awareness going on there. But I always believed this. Um, the NFL was facing the early stages of the the CTE crisis, the concussion crisis, the head trauma crisis that has been a battle that that football as a sport has been fighting for a long time, right? Uh, and, and now they still are, right? They're still fighting against the perception that, that football is dangerous. They're still implementing new rules every single year to make it more safe. Uh, they're, they're trying to protect athletes from, from head trauma. Yeah. Uh, and when this first happened, a, a, something that was legitimately threatening, threatening the sport and still is, is, is parents not allowing their young kids to play football. And, and a lot of those parents, obviously 50%, were mothers. And, and I don't have the statistics in front of me, but I believe I looked it up back in the day uh, when this was all taking place. Mothers were more likely to be the parent to say, no, they're not playing football than fathers were. So was the whole pink thing like sort of a way to grab like female demographics? I mean, that's like obviously the NFL would never say that. But if they had a mother yeah. wearing a NFL jersey every Sunday or a mother keeping her phone wallet keys in, in her NFL purse, then they're probably more more likely to allow their sons to play football. Wow! Right? It's you always have to look at the the actual motivations. That's interesting. So, so I'm just throwing this out there, Virginia Tech. If you can get all the moms wearing Beyonce Ivy Park collection, then who do you think they're going to want their their recruit sons to go play for? I think it'd be funny to be in Lane Stadium and be like, wow, that's a really nice Virginia Tech jacket. Oh, thanks. It's a Beyonce, Beyonce original. <laughs> Beyonce Ivy Park. Like, like there's – in recruiting, nothing is off limits. Everything should be used to your advantage. Now, I, I'm, I'm not a fashionable dude. I very rarely wear name brands that aren't, like, athletic wear, like Nike, Adidas, Under Armour, whatever, right? Like yeah. Reebok. I wear stuff that I can wear to work and then go straight to the gym in when I'm done. Uh, jeans, sneakers. That's my, my, I live there. Not a fashion guy. If I wear a hat, it's a baseball hat. It's not uh, a Pharrell full brim, no fedoras, no derbies, right? Uh, I'm not a fashion guy. Wouldn't fit in on a, on a red carpet, but, but I can look around and say, Beyonce is pretty famous. Yeah. Dude, like when they go recruit, Daryl Tapp and them should just bring in a Beyonce jacket for the mother. They're like, hey. I don't know if that's legal. So, so wink, wink, nod, nod. They're absolutely not going to do that. But, uh, but hey, hey, if you happen to leave a jacket behind. A lot of, a lot of contraband <laughs> Beyonce jackets. <laughs> like if you, if you wear one in and you leave it there on accident when you leave because the weather got nicer when you were in the house and you didn't need a jacket leaving. Hey, what am I? Who am I to stop you? Ivy Park collection, I'm telling you. And if you're looking for, if you want to be fashionable at the tailgates this upcoming fall, check it out. Check it out. If, if, if 
gentlemen, listen up, right? If your lady needs a birthday present, if your lady needs a, uh, um, it's like the perfect blend for, for, uh, Valentine's day, right? You can be like, Oh, sweetie, sugar pie, honey bumpkins. I got you the new Beyonce Ivy park collection for Valentine's day. I just went to the website, Adidas website. I was greeted with a gigantic picture of Beyonce's eye. It was very, very strange, oh. but uh, very fashionable, though, I will it, say. I have no idea if it's fashionable, but all I know is that I, I would guess most ladies would be excited to get an, uh, a Beyonce original for Valentine's Day, and then you can spin it as, and now we can go show it off at the Hokie game. It almost looks like a bathrobe, in a way. It's like Part long, of it. No, they, like it's the, those colors on a billion different items. They have pants, they have jackets, they have shirts. The they have shoes are very cool. Shoes, sure, didn't hey, didn't go. even know they had shoes. There you go. So that's one hashtag Hokies. Next <laughs> one comes from at Diesel Hokie 08. Diesel Hokie 08. He's made an appearance on this segment before. He says, all the chips are in for 2020. It's time to win and win big. Hashtag Hokies. I will say this. It feels like a season that everything has been building towards, Right. In, in college football, there are cycles, right? Players get older. Good classes become upperclassmen. This feels like a season that the last couple have been building towards. So you don't want to waste all of the effort you put in building towards it by not achieving what you should achieve this year. Uh, the, the, it probably had some effect on Coach Fuente's decision to stick in Virginia Tech. The fact that he knows a good team is coming back. If you remember when when Virginia Tech was looking to hire um, was looking to hire a basketball coach and obviously ended up being Mike Young, uh, Steve Wojciechowski was was one of the names that was mentioned, not by the program but by outsiders. And if you looked at his team at Marquette, it was going to be a very good team. They were going to be a top, uh, I think it was top five in most way too early preseasons before the Hauser brothers transferred. And my first thought was, oh, he's not leaving. He's going to want to be there for when they're really good. Coach Fuente might have had some of those same thoughts, right? Oh, he's not leaving. He wants to be there when they're very good. Um, this year has been a build-up year. I don't know if all the chips are in because I think they'll be very good in 2021 as well. They have a very, very talented junior class and a very, very talented uh, group that will still be around in 2021. Um, but I do think that that it's been building towards this, so you might as well go and chase it down. Uh, last hashtag Hokies come from, comes from former Virginia Tech kicker, local guy, native to the NRV, Shane Graham, at Shane Graham. He says, Virginia Tech fans, before you are so harsh on Foo for talking to Baylor, remember that Coach Beamer was offered UNC job and actually leveraged it to get pay raises for his staff. This was another common trope on Twitter. Y'all forget Frank Beamer talked to NFL teams. Y'all forget Frank Beamer talked to Alabama or UNC or whoever it was. We don't forget. We don't. What we do is recognize it's a different world now. There weren't Twitter fingers to blow up Coach Beamer talking to UNC. Right. There weren't 24-hour media websites to blow up Coach Beamer talking to North Carolina or Alabama or the Packers or whoever it was. You're constantly under the like like a, like some kind of omnipresent eye now you you could get away with so much more right and you could expect to get away with so much more you can't expect to get away with anything in today's climate 
If you are famous, you have to assume that not only does everyone have a camera phone, but everyone has a camera phone turned on and pointed at you. If you can make a tweet and, 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 and let me go ahead and find it, right? If you can tweet like Justin Fuente did yesterday, uh, saying his, his, you know, welcome back. And it's going to have 3.8 thousand likes in almost exactly 24 hours, right? It was tweeted out, uh, at 8.07 yesterday, uh, it is 7.45 today. It has 3.8 thousand likes, 648 retweets, and 372 comments. If you have that kind of power, you have to assume, that kind of buzz, that kind of sizzle, you have to assume that everything you do will become noise in 2020. If you had that same sizzle in 1997, you didn't assume it was going to become noise for 24 hours, 48 hours, whatever it is. What Frank Beamer did is different. And I would assume, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even say if Frank Beamer was living in this time, he wouldn't still entertain those, those, those jobs. I'm not saying if Frank Beamer was in Justin Puente's position, he wouldn't have taken the conversation with Baylor. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is he would have known when he got back, he had to face the music. He would have known there's going to be a press conference waiting for me, and I'm going to have to be honest with these people. That's what I'm saying. Frank Beamer did entertain other jobs. I feel he would have handled the communication better. Let's go ahead and jump into Hokie basketball when we come back. Take a break from the Fuente News to talk Hokies versus Syracuse. That's next right here. Stick around. Tim Donnelly is the lead activist for players' rights. He's a fan of logic and reason, except when it comes to Tiger Woods. Hey, it's, uh, it's Tiger. More of the Tim Donnelly Show is coming your way next on WRAD. Welcome back. Tim Donnelly Show on a Friday morning right here on the WRAD radio network, 101.7, 103.5, a.m. Uh, so obviously a lot of basketball talk kind of hijacked this week for, for Hokies fans. Um, but basketball is still alive, still going strong, still surprising everybody. And that will continue, or their quest to surprise everybody, will continue this Saturday, tomorrow against Syracuse. Now, they've already beat them once. And, and, and here's where the, the next step, the next evolution. It's time to evolve. The next test for this young Hokies team is, is one that I didn't think they were going to have to deal with this season. And it is, can they avoid reading their own press clipping? Right? I thought it was going to be avoid reading your own press clippings for a different reason. I thought this season was going to be a rough one for the Hokies, and I thought they were going to have to keep their confidence up by maybe not listening to shows like this one that would be listing all of the things that they needed to improve upon. But instead, I'm saying, listen, they beat Syracuse a couple weeks ago, and they beat Syracuse on the road at Syracuse. Now they're coming into Blacksburg, and they did so in dramatic fashion, and it was a game that that, um, helped solidify their spot in the ACC, and it was a game that Jalen Cohn emerged within. Remember, he scored 16 points in the second half, had two separate four-point plays, made five threes, ended with 19 points. Remember all that? But now you have that same team coming into Blacksburg, and you can't assume that it will just happen that way again. You have to shoot it better early. 
You have to attack the 2-3 zone better early. You have to start better. You have to have Cone and Nolly knock down their threes. Jalen Cone is second best in the country right now in three-point shooting percentage. And Landers Nolly, we have documented his exploit exploits throughout the season, but they need to do what they have been doing out the gate against Syracuse. You've beat them once. You've seen it once, but it's still tough. Don't get complacent. Can freshmen that don't have a ton of experience at the college level get amped up to beat Syracuse the same way they get amped up to beat a team that they haven't played before? And I, and and it's you know this can come from a million different ways. The the upperclassmen, Wabisabidi, PJ Horn, can get into the ear of their young bucks. The young bucks could just naturally be that type of competitor and don't need anyone in their ear. Mike Young could reach into the old file cabinet and pull out pregame speech number forty-five. That's a good one, and really get them amped. There's a million ways to to get them in the right headspace. All I care about is that these freshmen get in the right headspace. Because if if the first half against Syracuse proved them anything, it was that they, Syracuse meaning, they can beat the Hokies. We have a caller on the line. We'll take it quickly before the top of the hour. Joining us on the Baker team hotline, who do we have? We got Rocky on the Baker team hotline. All right, Baker. Or excuse me. All right, Rocky on the Baker team hotline. We have a couple minutes before the top of the hour. What do you have? Um, I think it's okay for Fuente to come back. Um, I don't have a problem with it. You know, I like looking at pretty girls, and I think that's all he was doing with Baylor. So <laughs> it's uh, going to be awkward for sure, like other people have said. But, uh, you know, it's big business. If, so if you're you looking at pretty no. girls, though, you might have to explain something to your wife. You know what I mean? That, yeah, that's what I'm saying. If he's yeah, looking at pretty girls, yeah. he might have to explain something to Virginia Tech. Yeah, that's that's going to be a problem, and I think <laughs> the players are going to be have their their players have the right to feel like their feelings were hurt. So publicly, they haven't said that. Take. Though I want to be clear about that. Publicly, that the you know on on social media, the players have said you know he's back. We're ready to roll. Yeah, I'm ready to roll too. So hopefully this goes away and the team gets focused. So no big deal. All right. Appreciate the call, Rocky. Yep. Bye. That's Rocky on the, the Baker team hotline. And and there is an element of that. Mm-hmm. Like, I hope this will go away. Um, the good news is it's January 17th, right? There's there's no big event until spring ball. Coaches will be out recruiting. Players will be in the weight room. There There is the the ability for this Fuente thing to, to just fade into the distance. Time heals all wounds, right? right. If, if you just let, let it sit – there is an element of it may just go away, right? Treat it like a like a bachelor who who injures something, right? They don't go to the doctor. They just kind of go, ah, I think it's going to go away. <laughs> just give it time and, and, you know, maybe a little ice, ibuprofen, and we'll just see if it goes away. So uh, so we'll see how that, how that breaks down. Once again, the Hokies are playing Syracuse on the basketball court in Blacksburg, in Castle Coliseum this weekend. Um, it's a big test for the freshmen. I'll be interested to see how they get up to play a team that they have already beaten once before. And I mean energy. We talk about having reckless energy here on the show from 6 to 9 in the morning. They need to have reckless energy starting at the opening tip against Syracuse. It can't be, well, last time we played like crap in the first half and we still came back to beat them in the second. So 
Eh, who really cares? Nah, nah, nah. Uh, that's just what it is. Let's take a break. When we come back, Conor McGregor fights this weekend. Do you care? Next.